0: Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's Call In Talk Radio Show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is October 8th, 2017. This is the 39th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, pushing the acceptable extents of microtransactions and a PlayStation VR model update in our headline roundup. Our main topic is how to improve the Nintendo World Championships. We will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord, and then we'll end the show with the month in-game releases for October 2017. Well, it's good to be back. I apologize for missing last week. I was in a rough shape after a work trip, let's put it that way was up in the mountains. I was dehydrated for probably most of the trip actually. Uh, and it was really cold so you know didn't really think to do any sunscreen or protection and all that. So I was coming into last, last Sunday you know bloody you know scabbing lips, almost like I'd been in a fight. My skin was peeling from all of the sunburn that I had apparently had. Uh, it was not a good look. It's not like, you know, this is really any better. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I kid, but it was rough. I, I didn't want to go through it. I just needed to recover and hydrate and all that good stuff. So I'm glad to be back this week. And this week's an important one, uh, because we definitely have Nintendo World Championships to talk about. I think it was overall a good event, but I have some certain things that I would like to see improved, and we'll get your feedback on that as well. But first, we're going to get into what I was playing uh, for, I guess, the last couple weeks then. So, quite a few things to get through. First of all, is Metroid Samus Returns, 100%. Beat that game. Just really did that today. Uh, Finally, finally took care of the final boss. Uh, What a pain. Tough bosses. Uh, Love the exploration. It was good to get that 100%, especially with the scan uh, Aeon mode. Kind of see all the different blocks that could be worked and kind of see where the different collectibles are. I I really liked that. So there's no reason to not 100% complete the game and you'll get that extra special ending. Uh, But man, the bosses are, are tough they they take many tries and i'm glad that they kind of did it the way they did where they kind of saved you right outside the room and then you know, right after you beat the boss kind of like a a continue checkpoint uh, gives you a way to kind of try over and over and over again instead of all the way back to the state the save station go all the way and then try again so i think it's designed really well that way hopefully we're going to have a spoiler cast on uh, on that game in we gotta wait a couple more weeks, give more people time to beat that game, but uh, that was a fun one. Really, really enjoyed that one for sure. Uh, Batman, The Enemy Within, episode two. Uh, you know, is was getting headlines now for, uh, it's just an odd goof at Telltale to put a picture of an actual dead, real-life human being in the game. I totally skipped over my mind. Like, I, I, I know the scene that they were talking about, but like, I didn't look and make the connection, like, oh yeah, it's that you know, Russian ambassador in Turkey sort of uh, situation did not cross my mind at all. I was more focusing on the characters that they brought to the forefront. Uh, You know, Bruce Wayne kind of going to the darker side of Gotham to try to uh, get what he wants and to try to, uh, you know, play along with those that are in charge uh, in his world at the moment. So, uh, a good episode overall. I don't think, you know, too much you know substantially happens as far as big decisions go uh that was kind of more set up in episode one i think this is more starting to start to build the underlying threat for the season and have it grow and see where it leads you can kind of get some guesses as to you know where that's going but i think this is more a character establishing episode which is fine it was it was okay Um, but definitely looking forward to the next one there that was that was episode two looking forward to episode three Cuphead. I was among those who did get to try Cuphead. Uh, yeah, it's it's not for me. I really, really appreciate its artistry, and it's very difficult. As everyone says, oh, it's, it's the Dark Souls of the 2D. Play-. No, just let's not play that game there. Uh, but no, it's I mean, it's a great game, but it's not for me. If anything, I bought it to co-op it with my wife, because that looks like a great co-op game a lot of potential with the you know the reviving and the thank you and all that that goes with that uh but cuphead definitely uh taking the gaming world by storm for the last week or so it's it's been really interesting to see and PewDiePie's pies in the news again for oh you know the, the game journalists who reported on him you know saying the slurs that he did uh now you know mocking them for for saying that like oh it's just too hard they're noobs you know that's it's the whole thing of let's let's pick on the game journalist even though the one that i'm pretty sure he was picking on uh, laura kate dale who now works over at kotaku uk and she beat the game but just kind of said like it it wasn't for her but that that's a whole mess you know tied with cuphead right now I'd, i'd stay away from that one if i were you um What else did I play? I played uh, Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony, the demo. Uh, Kind of in a setup to play through that game with my wife because we're we're big into that series. Uh, And it's like the the final installment kind of for that trilogy there. Uh, But there is some setup work to go through at first. Uh, The anime that just came out recently is Danganronpa 3, the end of Hope's Peak High School. Uh, It's now on Funimation. It may be on Crunchyroll, I'm not sure, but we watched it through Funimation. It uh, has two parts, and if you're a big fan of the series, I highly, highly recommend watching it. I don't think it necessarily ties into the V3 game. Judging by the characters on the front uh, the cover and how all the marketing is going, it's, it looks like just all new characters, and I'm sure they'll tie back in the larger story in some crazy way at the end. I hear the ending is rather divisive, some people love it, some people not so much, uh, but the anime is, is very key. If you've played the first two games, I mean, we're talking, we're talking about the tragedy and we're talking right after, immediately after the end events of two. So like filling in pretty good gaps in, in that series chronology. So definitely check out the anime if you're a big Danganronpa fan, but uh, we're probably looking to get starting on the actual game itself, probably next week or so, but you had to do a lot of prep work and the demo was fun. Uh, You know, a lot of callbacks to the first game intentionally. So... Uh, but kind of good to get a sense of the characters and some of the new mini games there absolutely and then just on the side i've been continuing my pokemon gold run uh just you know it on that virtual console there on 3ds seven and a half hours in i'm at the lake of rage i have you know six badges uh i've got so let's see croconaw i've got an ampharos i have a geodude i have um, a Magmar on my team, which is, I think, the first time I've ever had a Magmar in my party. So, so that's unusual. And uh, a Kadabra, of course, you got to run a Kadabra. Kadabra and Geodude are, are so good, and it's tough when you can't trade them, but they're they're so key in a, a very quick gold and silver run. Uh, and then I've got a Hoot Hoot still hanging around, just more of a, as a fly slave, uh, but probably looking to replace him. When you know, maybe Ho will come around or something like that. I don't know, uh, but yeah, having some good times there. Just good to see the comparisons. I'm so used to playing Gen 4 with Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and then going back to two, and it's like, oh, these are these are different. So that's that is interesting. But you didn't come here to hear me just go on and on and on about uh, all the games that I've been playing. Let's get to the recap of the news stories from the past week in our headline roundup. We'll start with a pivotal time in games and microtransactions within them. Uh, Within the last couple weeks, we had issues with NBA 2K18 and how people reviewing the game felt like you couldn't progress in the single-player past like a certain, you know, rating level for your player, like an 85 or 88 or whatever it is, without either tons and tons and tons of time grinding or microtransactions, and that's really schemey and not a good way of going about things. So, rightfully so, you know, NBA 2K18 getting crushed for that aspect. But we've got two other games coming out soon or already out that you know are having possible problems with their microtransactions. One of them being Middle-earth: Shadow of War, the upcoming sequel to Shadow of Mordor. Uh, it's kind of a little mixed here. Some reviewers were saying that the fourth act. Is kind of you know the, the ending of the game essentially tied away behind microtransactions unless you want to grind and grind and grind because you kind of need legendary orcs in in the loot boxes there. Uh, now some people are also saying that's that's not really true. They've been able to find these legendary orcs, but uh, once endings of games start being tied behind microtransactions, we're scar- we're going to start to have a problem here. Like that's that's not acceptable. At all. And Forza 7, Forza Motorsport 7 made an interesting choice as well. They actually undid the change, but back in Forza 6, when you bought an Ultimate Edition of the game with, you know, all sorts of additions to the game as the the pricier version of the game, one of them was kind of a modification where you just had a bonus credit multiplier on by default, just permanent. Well, for 7, for the Ultimate Edition of the game, that you paid the same price for as you did for 6, Oh, it was only for a few time use for that credit boost so they kind of went back and saw the outcry from fans and he has changed it to the that those who got the game that way have the permanent credit boost on now uh but this is a way with the, these mods where yeah now forza 7 has these loot boxes and you could get those as modifications if you wanted to continue that we're gonna to get to a breaking point very soon, where we're going to see these these AAA games, and they're they're trying to test those waters, man. Right now, how far can they go with microtransactions? And I, I feel with these past few, like we're starting to hit that tipping point. I'm I'm gonna be interested to see when something really egregious happens, because I, I do wonder how many people for something like Middle Earth: Shadow of War. A lot of people are looking forward to that game, but are many people turned off because they're seeing the microtransactions? I mean. Battlefront 2 is the same sort of thing with loot boxes. We'll see Star Wars Battlefront 2. And if you know that really starts to play a role uh, in in the reviews and whatnot, probably next month or so when that game comes out November 17th. Uh, but it's going to be a telling, telling time, and we're going to see which companies are going to try to push the envelope there and something to keep an eye on for sure. PlayStation VR has a new model update. Now, and that's, it's not a brand new you know, improved power or anything like that. It's a new SKU with some tweaks at the same price that will be rolling out probably in the next couple months or so and it kind of corrects a big gripe that some people had with PlayStation VR. According to the PlayStation Blog, the team quotes it as saying, A hardware update to PlayStation VR is being prepared. The new version, model number CUHZVR2, features an updated design that enables the stereo headphone cables to be integrated with the VR headset and a slimmer, streamlined connection cable. There's also an updated processor unit that supports HDR pass-through, enabling users to enjoy HDR-compatible PS4 content on a TV without having to disconnect the processor unit in between the TV and the PS4 system. This function can only be used when the VR headset is turned off. So basically the biggest difference here is that you have the headphones kind of integrated with the unit as opposed to, I think the headphones had to be plugged into the process unit box on the first model. Now it's kind of like right in the headset, which is a much, much better design. But also this HDR pass passthrough, if you have a nice 4K HDR TV, you would have had to take your PlayStation VR out, like unplug it if you wanted the HDMI going from the PS4 in your TV to have HDR. So now you're taking the HDMI out from your TV into the processing unit box, and then HDMI out from the processing unit box to your TV. Now you can leave the PS4 plugged in, or the PlayStation VR rather, and still get the HDR pass-through, assuming that the PS4 or the the PlayStation VR is is turned off and kind of on the side there. But that HDR pass-through is huge. Uh, It's unfortunate for the early adopters, I will say that, but it's an important update that's needed. If it's something that, you know, tempts me this holiday season, maybe that's when I kind of get on the PlayStation VR bandwagon there. In other Sony news, Andrew House is stepping down as the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, he was, you know, the the president and CEO. Kind of the, You'd see him come out. He'd have the British accent there. Uh... The guy with the goatee, I mean, you've, you've probably seen him if you've been watching E3 conferences and all that. Andy House, he's been at PlayStation a long, long time. I want to say like 27 years. So kind of the end of an era for him. Uh, wanted to spend time with his family before he, if he possibly does anything else. It kind of has a similar feel in a way to uh, you know Bruce Straley leaving Naughty Dog, but Andy House had a, a much higher position at Sony Interactive Entertainment, you know, formerly known as Sony Computer Entertainment. So now Tsuyoshi Kodera, also known as John Kodera, will be taking over that spot so maybe we'll be seeing john on stage at e3 conferences and the like and you know coming up is uh paris games week at the end of the month i want to say october 30th for playstation so keep an eye on that for that'll be you know more europe-centric news so i don't know maybe it'll be jim ryan uh taking the stage for sony there but it's it's you know big changes uh, at the head of of sony i don't expect too much to change on that front i mean andrew house kind of quit when you know sales are at a very high point uh you know kind of leaving out on top as it were to you know go and do what's best for him and his family so wish him all the success in the world now we'll get to talking about nintendo later with the world championships but they made some other unusual news this week when their nintendo creators program which is a youtube-centric program where they had users sign up to share revenues and, and add profits with them those members of the Nintendo creators program are no longer allowed to live stream Nintendo games on YouTube uh, it seems backwards in a way it seems uh, you know like you know one step forward five steps back in a way I've heard some people compare it to uh, but Nintendo not necessarily embracing the live let's play sort of stream culture um yeah I get that they want to protect their IP that's where they're thinking but they're not necessarily considering, Uh, the culture as it currently stands and maybe they're just trying to be that first you know company to make a stand there Uh, but it definitely looks a bit anti-consumer but you know they have to protect their ip so i suppose from that standpoint it's understandable and you know that it's going to make people go to twitch you know if if youtube gaming wants to continue to be a viable platform like this news definitely doesn't help that People are also very excited, though, to see the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer that dropped. Uh, definitely confirming that it's a prequel. It's going to be in Dutch's gang. You are Arthur Morgan, at least you know for now. It's you know one protagonist. That's that's all they're confirming. Um, but I would imagine we'd get to see you know John Marston running around in, in Dutch's gang, the Vanderland gang. Uh, you know, if you played Red Dead Redemption, that's that's a big deal. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that's set up. I mean, looking gorgeous. I mean, some of the animations there, it's like, that's that's crazy that you focused on that. Uh, looks, looks fantastic. Um, yeah, probably spring 2018. I would guess a later spring. I mean, Red Dead Redemption was a May 2010 game. So, probably a May-June sort of release window would probably be good for 2018 there, if they can stick it. Uh, big deal there, though. It's not a numerical 2 on the end of the title. It's a the Roman numeral 2. So, uh, very interesting change up there. I like the new look there. I think that's more fitting. Uh, but that is how the game will be known going forward. Still, you know, it's the same way that you say it, but at least visually and how it's represented, the Roman numerals there for 2. And some sad news, the Wii Shop channel is finally coming to an end. It will be closing on January 31st, 2019. You can add Wii points if you still use the Wii Shop. (laughs) Uh, That's all the way up to March 27th, 2018. You know, it's not really the biggest news for us. Uh, I think, you know, if if those who still have and frequently use a Wii, especially connecting online, if, if they are still using that, that's more a heads up for them. So. If you have members of the family who are still trying to get those Wii virtual console games, you know get it done by that point. But it's it's for us, it's more just it's the end of an era. Just like when November's gonna roll around here and Miiverse is gonna come to a close. It'll just be sad to see. But let's get to our main topic: the Nintendo World Championships 2017. Two years, a little more than two years, removed from the last one at the World Championships 2015, which took place during E3 2015. You may remember that event. Uh, It was surprising to see them take a year off and then say, yeah, come back with this. We thought there'd be, you know, big news that would have been announced. But let's kind of recap the event. It just happened last night as of this recording. There were eight special invitees, uh, whether they were celebrities or speedrunners or pro gamers or winners of past nintendo tournaments that kind of secured their spot here but there were also local contests around the united states in different regions and so there were there was a 13 and up winner and there was a 12 and under winner and so eight of those 13 plus and then eight and eight of those 12 and under from across the united states making 24 total entrants there you had andrea renee from what's good games and kind of funny games daily uh very talented on those respective podcasts. Great to see her in the hosting role. She did a great job. You also Jordan Kent on the play-by-play. Uh, really held it together well, you know, some some technical hiccups. And if you think, you know, the 12 setups that were being fed in, all the capture cards there being compiled into one computer, That is a technical marvel if you really think behind the scenes there. So, really impressive that there weren't too many hiccups uh, that went along with that there. But Jordan Kent did a great job. You know, he's been tabbed with, you know, hosting the different other. Uh, Nintendo tournaments throughout the year, so he did a great job. Also, different members of the Treehouse uh, really, really represented well. In the end, it was Thomas G beating defending 2015 champion John Numbers in a compilation of final Mario games, culminating in Super Mario Odyssey with a couple platforming levels and then finally the boss, where you're you're capping, taking control of the Bullet Bills or, or the hands with the the ice head, and you've seen in the trailers the ice fists, and it was very exciting. Uh, you know, John Numbers kind of got himself in some trouble there, where he did not, you know, have the, that second bullet bill on the the way to the boss. There, hit the wall, kind of fell down, and fell behind. Uh, so that was that was a tough break for him. And good for John Numbers, honestly. Like he did not get a guaranteed spot back just to defend the title. He had to earn that. He was one of the thirteen and up people from that New York region. So kudos to him for not only getting back to the the tournament but then making his way through the tedious uh, event uh, a whole lot of rounds a whole lot of games being tested lots of games played you started with the the stage one you had the legend of zelda breath of the wild doing some snow shield snowboarding uh down the mountain you had the super smash brothers home run contest you had metroid samus returns with the drill Knot chase uh, that that chase sequence which you know just coming off of playing for that like that that you know, struck a chord with me. It's like, I know they mentioned it in the the intro trailer like a couple weeks ago. They're saying, no, oh, and we'll have Metroid Samus Returns, but I didn't think it would necessarily be that sequence, but it was, it was certainly a, a good test of skill. You eventually got Balloon Fight with Balloon Trip. You had eight player Super Smash Bros. matches. Bird and Beans, the 2003 Game Boy Advance game, was the kind of surprise of the show, I would say. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with Mount Wario at 50cc and then Electrodrome at 200cc, a big... Big difference there. It's one of the Minecart levels in Donkey Kong Country Returns. You had Splatoon 2 have tower control on the new snapper canal map that just released the day before. You have, of course Tetris, you gotta almost have that. Arms was good to see. You almost expected ARMS, but good to see it in that format. Mario Party 2 with some mini games, bumper balls, with hexagon heat, with shell shocked, kind of determining who would make the the grand finals there in a way, or the, the finals overall. And this, that that Mario set of games, Super Mario Maker, John Numbers really showing his strength there, what won him the title uh, a couple of years ago, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. I, I guess I did not know that game existed for, you know, for Game Boy Color, I want to say it was, like 1999 or something like that, uh, but good to see that. And then, yeah, of course. What are they gonna pitch for the upcoming year? What are they gonna make look extra good, Super Mario Odyssey? That would obviously be the very last game played. So how can we improve it? Uh, I, I think it was a great event overall, but I have five ways that I think could make the event even better. And, you know, I know you, you're here waiting in Discord. You're ready to give your opinions of the event and, and how you would possibly improve it. But here's, here's my takes on what I would do if I were somehow in charge of the World Championships going forward. And, and hopefully I do go forward, honestly. Uh, number five, I would say assign a screen name for every player. Even if they don't have one, make one up. I lost track. Way too easily of first name last initial. And it really shows. I mean, Thomas G? How are we going to know, you know, the Thomas G, you know, defending champ next year if that's going to be the Thomas G or another Thomas G? Like honestly, you know John Numbers, like that's that's a screen name, right? That's not his real name. But still, like it's 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 catchier there. And it's not just, oh, Thomas G. Like, give him a screen name, and I think then you would have them, you know, kind of more memorable there. And you're looking at, you know, Yellow Killer B and some of the other pro gamers, you know, 360 Chris M. Some of those are more memorable than I I'm trying to remember any of the other, you know. Well, sure, Asa Butterfield, he's he's a celebrity, right? Like that that's a big difference. But I think if you give every player a sort of screen name, an online name, it's going to help for the memorability and it kind of identifies them better, especially not only in the event but in future years to come. Number four, I'd say have local qualifying events internationally. Uh, this was a big gripe, you know, certainly when people were saying, oh, Nintendo World Championships, well, why are these events only in the United States? and? I know they were trying to cover their tracks by say hey we we got you know this this pro player this competitive gamer from Canada and then 360 Chris I mean he's a speedrunner from Germany so that's our international tie in and you can do better than that I, I would say Nintendo I mean sure if you want you know only a couple maybe in Europe you say do like a in an England and then like a Germany sort of there uh you know have a Canadian representative maybe like a Toronto sort of based one. Um, You know, have some of these, even an Australian one, maybe. Uh, I think that would show a lot better. And really, you know, a lot, you know, Nintendo kind of took a knock when it was first announced to say, is it really a world champion when so many contestants are going to be from the United States? And I think if you're going to try to grow this, have it be an international presence of people who actually earned and deserve the right to be there. Number 3, I would say you should vet the special invitees a little bit better. I think calls like Asa Butterfield, who, you know,'s gone to Evo and he showed great moments. I mean that home run contest when, you know, he secured the lead with some very impressive stuff. I mean, I think that's that's a good call. Some of those speed runners, I mean 360 Chris, you know, that was that was a really really well, you know, done. he had a great performance. He kind of stuck it through almost to the end. I think he was a good choice. Now, granted, I'm not a fan of the WWE, but I'm not sure Bailey was the right choice. Uh, you, granted, you have you know, other members of the WWE who do connections with the game industry. I mean, you had Austin Creed kind of tie in an IGN event earlier this week, where you had WWE stars and you had IGN kind of doing a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite sort of event. I don't know if you know Austin Creed like wasn't free or something like that, but. Seeing how poorly Bailey did, I'm sorry, Bailey. not the best representation there. Uh, and that kind of shows a little poorly on Nintendo. And sure, you know, brings the fans in, the name recognition, certainly, but there are only so many spots in that world championship. I would just say maybe try a little better to pick out who you're sending if you're giving the special invitees you know, this direct line into the tournament. Number two, I would say control the length of the event. For some people, I'm sure they just would not want it to end. Like every bit of Nintendo attention on stage, you know, you can't get enough. I get it. But four and a half hours for watching an online stream, I say is too long. I say, you know, once you hit three hours, yeah, that's that's probably enough. But when you have a 40-minute final round between the three games, when Splatoon 2 felt like it was going on for a very long time, when you had two six-minute, eight-player smash matches, I think there could have been some trimming overall. And if you want to, yeah, sure, a just over three-hour event, fine. But four and a half hours felt long. Not only to watch, but, you know... If I'm downloading the video and I'm going through the footage and trying to pick out clips here, I'm like, this was really that long? That It felt a bit much. And again, for those that were there, especially in the crowd, I can only imagine the atmosphere there. But not everyone could spare the four and a half hours to watch it live. I think three would have been a bit more reasonable. And finally, my number one recommendation would be Have a new game reveal. Anything. I think, you know, Bird and Beans was the big surprise because for some people, that was a new game. They didn't know that game existed. Heck, I'm one of those people. I didn't know that game existed. So, you know, they were saying like, oh, maybe we'll see some some downloads and some uptick in sales for that game. (laughs) Ha ha ha. But what if you were trying to apply that to a new game? Now, I'm not saying Super Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers Switch would have been nice to see instead of, you know, on Wii U for some of those Switch matches. Yeah, sure, you do Smash Wii U for the home run contest, but if you did the eight-player Smash on Switch and that would be your way of announcing it, that would have been a pretty cool moment. Not gonna lie. Um, even if it were like an indie game or trying to focus on some of the indies, like if you are say, you know, Rocket League. Rocket League still has to come to Switch. Let's give that a try. Let's Let's put that in there. I think anything new would have really helped sell it. Now, of course, certain games you did know were going to be there. I mean, Mario Kart, of course. ARMS, yeah, definitely. Splatoon, no-brainer. But, you know, something new, I think, would have brought more attention to the event, created some more headlines, and just overall, more attention there. I think overall, the game lineup was very good. I, I wouldn't change too much else, but I would say have something new in there. Bring that news angle into it. That would have been my, you know, my best and top recommendation. So yeah, where was Smash Brothers for uh, for Switch? That's a good question because we were saying a couple months ago when you know it wasn't at a Nintendo Direct or it wasn't at E3 like oh well they've got that World Championships event coming up and that would make a whole lot of sense. You know I I would still say the best bet is wait until like a January Direct you know see for 2018 like if they're gonna place it late in 2018 or something like that or you know summer uh, have the announcement there if anything is gonna happen with Smash Brothers uh, but. I, I wanted to hope and believe in the possibility of something like that happening, but it's it's getting more and more difficult to say. Like, yeah, well, this has to be a sure thing, right? Right? And what about Mario Maker on Switch? That would be a total no-brainer. But where is it? Hard to say. Uh, I would, yeah, I would absolutely say host this every year. This was an overall great event. It's nice to put on the focus, especially when you know Switch is becoming such a you know, competitive multiplayer sort of system that they're trying to push the eSports angle on. I say keep bringing back the World Championship. Now, I don't know the budget. I don't know what it is, you know, to rent out a big studio like that and have all the screens and have all the setups and all the technical jargon and to bring in, you know, celebrities like that. Uh, But if they can pull it off every year, especially if Nintendo is, you know, surging back up as a business with Nintendo Switch, I hope we see it back in 2018. And, Maybe Thomas G can defend his title. So that is what I have to say. When we come back, we will get to the callers. We can talk about the main topic there with Nintendo World Championships. We can talk about any of the headlines, games you're playing recently. Anything is on the table. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Uh, you know, it was interesting last night as I was hanging out with my brother and my wife, and we were, you know, checking out the end of the, the World Championships there. Uh, but we were also checking out Michigan and Michigan State, a college football game. It was kind of going around, around around the same time with the ending and going back and forth between the two. And man, I just wish I'd stayed on the world championships there because that was that was a rough college football game for a Michigan Wolverine alum. But alas, you know, well, that's the lesson, right? Stick with video games. So let's get to the callers. Hear what you have to say. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you doing? Uh, Good. Been several weeks since I've been on. Yeah, it sure has. Well, it's good to have you on now. Uh, what would you like to talk about today?
1: Uh, I'd like to talk about the games I've been playing and the games that I don't have time for. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's it's really really getting very busy. I can definitely relate. There's there's a lot happening right now. So what have you been playing?
1: So I finished uh, the Monster Hunter st- Stories uh, game that I was talking about. Mm, yeah. I feel like the anime is better, and there's gonna be more uh, episodes to the anime extending on that story. So. Okay, yeah, that's good to see. I
0: mean, for those that don't remember, I mean, this is more of the turn-based RPG as opposed to, like, the open-world Monster Hunter slaying uh, combat there. Uh, Was there anything that, you know, was really improved, you think, compared to, like, a a numbered Monster Hunter installment?
1: I really like the uh, slow-paced combat system and how you have to... Like a rock, paper, scissors uh, combat system, so Mm -hmm. uh, technique beats speed and speed beats power. Okay. I and mean, you have to predict uh what uh the monster is going to go for and uh who is it going to attack? If it's going to attack you or the that is next to you.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense a little slower paced, a little more cerebral as opposed to the, you know, frantic, you know, kind of live action sort of combat. That's very interesting. I'm sure the also the uh the narrative was much more improved there.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I still like the uh, anime uh, narrative better, but you know, it's because the anime had the main character, so Hmm. you know. Yeah, I
0: can relate with, uh, you know, I've been watching the the Danganronpa anime, which uh, was fantastic for a fan because it, you know, kind of patching in big holes there, but. You definitely have a different sense of pacing uh, when, you know, a game has to tell a story and, and keep you in the the central agency there. Whereas in an anime, I like to just change perspectives and jump around. It's it definitely makes a difference. And it's really cool when you have those kind of multimedia sort of formats with where you have a game and you have the anime kind of going in conjunction with each other.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then I've been uh, Samus for Twins.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: I haven't uh, really done anything because, back uh, like, later podcast I told you I was uh, one-handed. And it's hard to uh, use the left and right triggers mm. or bumpers to uh, do a lot of those stuff so I hope they patch, patch in like customizable buttons or something. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to think of how I was playing it. I, that that's got to be tough. I, I yeah, gosh, my control yeah. that That's yeah, that has got to be tricky. And gosh, you think we we talked about a couple episodes ago with uh, with arms and how it took them patching in a customizable controls thing. It, I I hope they patch that out soon too. It's a really good game. I, yeah. I, I would hate for you to miss out on it. That's that's yeah. unfortunate.
1: And then uh, gotten and beaten uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Oh, nice. I've heard really good things. A really good game. Uh, if you haven't played uh, SteamWorld Dig 1, it's on the 3DS. It's uh, kind of a Metroidvania type game. I think it's uh, procedurally generally related, Mm-hmm. but not uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. Uh, there was not all the random stuff. They're on SteamWorldBit1. Right, right. I've been uh, playing uh, Golf Story. That's, nice, nice, uh, yeah. It's really uh, interesting. It's kind of like a mix between uh, an RPG and uh, Mario Golf. Because so. mm-hmm.
0: Mario then, Golf had a game for the Game Boy Color that tried like to mix in a bit of a story there. So a lot of people made comparisons to that. And Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing yeah. stories on different podcasts where it's like, oh... Like, you're, you have this rival and also this coach who's treating you unfairly and, like, have you do these shots and you nailed them. He says, oh, you're doing b- badly. But then this other person is, you know, they're drawing and they're hooking and, you know, fading all these shots. And they're like, oh, you're doing great. And, like, whoa, uh, yeah, something's, something's not right there.
1: there there's disc for, uh,
0: golf. Oh, cool, disc golf. Nice.
1: It's uh, for the hippies. So uh, <laughs> people but, that don't fit in with the goth. So oh, it's nice. funny. cool. <laughs> it's very uh, hilarious.
0: Yeah, I've heard really good things about that. It's such a good time, uh, you know, because now like the indie ports like have really been hitting. I mean, Stardew Valley had the big you know, port come I, over. I yeah,
1: find Stardew Valley too. Nice,
0: so. nice. Oh, man. What do you think of that one? How do you like it?
1: Uh, it's very addicting and uh, the days are too short <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, I got I think it's a seaside farm or something. I kind of went into it not knowing anything about it so I kind of maybe I should start over and uh, look more things up because I, I just figured out how to store items and like oh, that's that's really disappointing that <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know how to store items until I just like, oh, you need a chest and I have and you the chest has uh have to have fifty wood, and I have fifty wood, so I
0: mm.
1: build a chest. So
0: yeah. <laughs> Very much like Harvest Moon, my wife loves Harvest Moon, so I, I think that's one I do want to get. I missed out on the Stardew Valley hype I, I felt like Switch would be the right place for it, but it's, it's right now there are are too many games going on. I, as you're saying, I mean, I, I need to play Danganronpa V3, but in, in a few weeks, we're going to have Mario Odyssey, and I'm also going to have like, Assassin's Creed Origins right on it. Some people want to play Wolfenstein the New Colossus. Like, it's going to get crazy. So I, maybe during like the early part of next year, that'll be when I pop for Stardew Valley on Switch.
1: Uh, I got a uh, SNES Classic Edition.
0: Oh, yeah, did you? How was that? Uh,
1: good. Uh, I had to get up at, like, uh, 9, and uh, uh, my local GameStop, uh, they had 15, and I was not like, the 11th in line, so...
0: Nice. Yeah, I heard that this launch went pretty smoothly. I'm not hearing too many complaints. I'm sure you're getting some scalpers, you know, being what they yeah. are, but... Uh, you know, the stock seems pretty good. Uh, if anything, you know, people in like New York and San Francisco, you know, they didn't really stock the, the disproportionate amount that they probably needed to. But yeah, in in normal, you know, middle of the country America, like everyone seems to be pretty happy, it seems to be pretty well stocked. So better. I wouldn't say perfect, but a, a good launch overall on Nintendo's part. Uh, as far as the system itself, yeah, I, I did not get one. Um, I'm So that's why I'm curious to see what it's like. I I think I'd almost be more interested in like the SNES controller rather than the unit itself.
1: Yeah, I I feel like the controller is a little too stiff. Mm -hmm. I I have my uh, classic controller for my Wii plugged into it right now because I I feel like that's better on my hands. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like you've been very busy. That's really good to hear, uh, you know. Yeah, for for stepping away for a couple of weeks, you know, life getting busy. But you know, when you're playing games, it, it makes things better. So well, thank you for for catching us back up. That's really good to hear. And you know, what would be? I say, let's I guess cap it off with this. What would be if people had to get one game out of all those you played? Which one would you recommend the most?
1: I would recommend uh, Stardew Valley the most because mm-hmm. that's what I'm I was I'm sticking uh, with yeah. Stardew Valley or Golf Story. That's the two games.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you can go wrong with either one of those. Like those are those are good launches. And yeah, Switch keeps pulling out those Indies. I mean, the Axiom Verge port just also launched. So those are it's another great game to pop on Switch.
1: Thing is, I already dipped my toes in uh, on the Wii U Mm -hmm. port, so I I really don't want to double dip.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's one that slipped me by. So it's just like, oh man, that's that's another one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, if I do double dip, that would be like a gift card for Christmas or something. Right. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, video game guru sixty four. We can find you on Twitter at that handle. Thank you so much for calling in. Anything you'd like to plug?
1: If you didn't already see it, uh, the completionist, uh, that one video gamer, uh, was on uh, the Nintendo Voice with uh, IGN. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want to go over there and his uh, behind the scenes uh, with him. So story of how he got—I uh, f- I forget what it was called. But was,
0: yeah. it, was it TMNT: on yeah. Time? Yeah, because yeah, he's got—he has a real emotional uh, story with that game. Yeah, that's a—that's a big one. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was in San Francisco making the different you know circuits around there. I know he was also on the kind of funny games cast. So check that out this week when that goes live. I think it's tomorrow as of this recording, but. That's already out for the, those Patreon members, uh, but yeah, always great to see him around. You know, different podcasts like Gerard, you know, needs all you know more publicity. Like he's he's so inspiring and so amazing. So I, I think it's a good call right Should there. Thanks so much. have
1: him on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I, we, ha- we did have him on this podcast once, or, or Show Me Your News back in the day. We sh- maybe that's yeah. one, that's one to aspire for someday. Well, thank you so much for the recommendation, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks for calling in. See you. And joining us from Texas, Jesse, welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm Well, I just watched the Astros game, so I could be better.
0: But yeah, we're going through baseball playoffs. We're talking a bit about that. We, it's we, an we interesting time. We spent
2: enough time talking about baseball between segments. So I'm here to talk about the, uh, the real championship going on right now.
0: That's right. It's a, uh, a world championship.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not right now, but yesterday.
0: Yeah. What were your thoughts and on that?
2: I have to say ultimately positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not sure if I want it to happen next year or if I want this to be like an every other year sort of mm, thing. But interesting. I, again, you know, I was a little worried it wasn't going to happen this soon after the fact that the last one happened 25 years after the first. So. Right, right. And it almost it's kind of sad, actually. It seems like there's like a bit of a lost history from an alternate timeline there. Like, mm. we could have had like dozens of these in some other universe. We don't have like a. Large list of historic moments, but what the good thing is was this they're not just picking what's new and hot and trying to advertise they picked so many so many quality games from Nintendo's backlog, and that really made this feel like it was more than just a big advertisement. it right. felt very. It didn't feel shallow. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: And of course you do have to have those new games. I mean, that's why they released them. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're current. They have people playing them. They have experience with it. You kind of have the, the big catch all. And of course you do have to have the advertising aspect, but no, oh, you're yeah. right. I mean, to, to bring in some games, like I didn't even know the super Mario brothers deluxe even existed. Like that's just, you know, a, a gap in my, my gaming knowledge, but yeah, Mario party two to come out of nowhere. That was awesome.
2: Bumper balls, Bum,
0: burr, balls, for balls. The one round where it was a total standoff and like nobody fell off. And I'm just thinking, like, Luigi just doesn't have to do anything, just stay right there and he'll win.
2: Yeah, I had that thought too. <laughs> one thing that some of my friends didn't appreciate, but honestly, I kind of liked, was the fact that they ended on Super Mario Odyssey. I know we've seen way too much of the game lately. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be surprising in it anyway. But what I liked about it is that this is basically the ending of The Wizard.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Final, yeah.
2: Final round is the new Mario game. that hasn't come <laughs> out yet.
0: And it had that feeling. I know a lot of people were making that comparison. But, I mean, it had the same sort of feeling in 2015. I mean, that was when they showed Mario Maker is now Super Mario Maker. And, like, that was the turning point from when people are like, okay, I don't get it too Oh my God, the possibilities! Uh, so right. it's you know it really makes for a great moment, uh, and it makes me wonder you know if future events happen like yeah they obviously have to plug the you know will be released soon sort of game, but you know how many times will that be a Mario installment?
2: Right, I'm actually a little surprised that they had uh, so many Wii U games there.
0: Mm, so yeah, kind
2: of felt, especially like in the holiday season last year where they were all focused on the NES Classic. And just seemed like the Wii U was just gone from their mind. It kind of felt like they were just trying to like pretend that the Wii U didn't exist for a while. But mm-hmm. there's Super Smash Brothers twice, and there's a uh, Mario Maker. So yeah,
0: yeah. Which you know, granted, should also be on Switch. But you know, it's... in time, we'll get there.
2: Yeah, I'm. I with Smeeverse coming to a close soon. I get the feeling that they're probably going to try to make a new Mario Maker for Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's uh, just, like, something that needs to be on every Nintendo console from now on, honestly. Right.
0: And, and honestly, that- if, you know, if Destiny 2 could scrap all the progress from Destiny 1, if, if something is an issue where, like, they say, like, we can't bring the database of all your created files over, it, it's okay. Like, just at least it's give okay. us the tools to make them again.
2: Yeah. I definitely think we should get a new Smash soon, but, like, there's no... Out that that's going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a a remastered port or an actual new game. We get a new
0: the Smash more game. it slips, you got to wonder, yeah. yeah.
2: But I think it'll happen eventually. It's just they're just staying tight lipped on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And and there are so anyway, many competitive games right now. You know, space it out a little yeah, bit.
2: Yeah, like Nintendo is really pushing hard for this competitive angle now. Mm-hmm. And th- I feel like that is a deliberate push to get in more. Hardcore game gamers. For sure. This time. Because, like, we got Nintendo actually supporting Smash Bros. tournaments now. Like, getting them on Disney XD.
0: Mm hmm. Yes.
2: Well, Pokemon kind of handled itself. But Pokemon definitely has, like, a good competitive organization going mm-hmm. on. Although, I wish they out on Disney XD sometime. That'd be yeah,
0: that would fun. be, be exactly really cool to see.
2: On Disney XD as yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, they, they have I the, the, the anime. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you'd think that the World Championship would have been on there. Yeah, I, I know the world that actually had players from around the world.
0: Yeah, there was it was it. There's a Disney was it XP something like that. It was probably like their live stream broadcast. But I'm sure they'll they'll cut it down to a more TV palatable format. Because yeah, again, you can't necessarily have four and a half you know live hours of of TV content like that. So yeah, I, I'm sure yeah, they did a that. Disney live streaming. They'll cut it down for a, a future rebroadcast. That would make more sense. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right and. Yeah, they're they're really focusing on you know getting the players in the door with the multiplayer. Uh, ties right in where they bumped up the the shipping estimates for Nintendo Switch. Their supply, they're estimating two million a month to be sent oh, out, yeah. and and that would that would make this year uh, just crazy, even a bigger success than they were even hoping for. It's it's really tracking. Oh, yeah, that I way.
2: need to talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. I actually got an SNES Classic as well.
0: Oh yeah, I, nice.
2: Like it was the middle of the night on a work day and I decided I'm just going to go check and see if anyone's in line. Sure. Why not? I saw a single man <laughs> sitting there in like a, a fold out chair with a baseball cap. And I decided well, Oh, 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 oh no, I, I better, I guess, I guess I'm, I guess I better wait. Huh. I waited for like nine hours.
0: Oh man. You
2: know what? But you know what? I wouldn't have had to, if I'd actually just gotten there at like eight or six ish, hmm. even, because I saw them give the tickets for the SNES Classic to everyone who was in line by the end. Wow. By the time I started giving them out, well, you and know, with excess, yeah, with excess.
0: Better to I be mean, sure. They didn't yeah. Have
2: them by the end of the day, but my God, they definitely stepped up production with that. Yeah, I went to the Target, and every big box store I go to. I always see switches on the shelves now. Nintendo is definitely preparing to get these things moved. Now is definitely the time to buy a switch if anyone's on the fence about it.
0: Oh, for sure. And then you know, maybe if you're waiting a few more weeks if you want the Mario Odyssey bundle, I, I, I totally get that. But yeah, a month and a half until you know Black Friday, they're they're gearing up for that. They seem to be ready. Uh, I mean, we're just we just you know passed the seven month point uh it's it's remarkable to see how nintendo's turned it around i mean their, their stocks are at like a nine-year high uh they're they're doing great it's it's really impressive and nice to see and yeah i'm, I'm glad you got the snes classic as well that's that's awesome you I saw you uh you know posey you were playing super metroid on and that was awesome
2: i did i did although i've kind of taken a break from that because i also have an nes classic that i got through uh Secondhand through some miracle because I work in a pawn shop. Nice. I don't know how we got lucky enough to get one of those, but
0: who traded one in? I have, <laughs> one, I
2: have one, no box, and I didn't even have to pay that much for it. Very good. I have. I kind of feel like I have survivor's guilt, but like they're reprinting it in 2018 summer, so yeah, hopefully yeah. everyone should get one. It has its flaws though, but it's ultimately really nice.
0: <laughs> Controller and like, length. What I'm,
2: right that, what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to beat every game on both those things. Which means I'm gonna eventually have to play Castlevania and Ninja Gaiden, and I'm struggling on Mario Bro- Super Mario Brothers right now. So,
0: good luck with that, my friend.
2: <laughs> I know, I know.
0: So yeah, real quick, just back to uh, I guess you know the World Championships. Then you know, would there be anything that you would change about it though? I mean, because we seem very positive about it. I'm sure most people are. I mean, it was, it was a good showing, but would you change anything in particular?
2: Well, um, I was actually gonna say we just got the Super Nintendo Classic, and I was just thinking. Wasn't uh, Super Nintendo the only Nintendo console that did not have a game there?
0: Ooh, that's a good point. There
2: an all- or actually, was there a GameCube one there at all?
0: Mmm, no, I don't think so. There was no okay. Melee. I, I'm sure some of us checked.
2: <laughs> Didn't I could have sworn I heard fans chanting Melee, Melee, Melee during the uh, <laughs> second Smash War.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That seems kind of weird. If we just got this big focus on Super Nintendo, and there's no games there.
0: It would have been a good way to, to sell it, yeah.
2: Yeah, it would have kind of been nice to have seen, like, a Star Fox 2 there, some sort of Star Fox 2 challenge. Or, you know, like the first Star Fox, because you have that callback to a Star Fox Weekend, which was a competition way back in the Super Nintendo era.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I was thinking yeah. if anything from Metroid, it'd be like, oh, we'll just you know, do the N-Chase sequence from Super Metroid. Like, make those precision platform jumps. Like, do that, but... I think
2: they had enough precision platforming in Metroid games. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poor Bailey died twice before they even cut to uh, individual people.
0: Yeah, that was that was rough. And then well, later in the, <laughs> they accidentally had her name up on the you know the current players remaining, and it's like, oh, they're like, oh no, we made a mistake there. Bailey was uh, eliminated there a while ago. <laughs>
2: Ow, I kind of agree with you on length of time. I think as long as these things are like limited and not happening every year, then I think four hours is fine. Cause I wanted to get as much of it as I could.
0: Sure. Sure.
2: They did make it like a yearly thing, which I would very much enjoy. Then I would prefer if they cut it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think picking better guests would be more ideal. Getting more people in like the gaming online community who are recognizable, like Ego Raptor. Yeah. That was again. a, that
0: was a big get in 2015 for sure.
2: Yeah. Then again, I do think maybe some of these companies are starting to get a bit uh weary of let's play community, but that's not yeah. to talk about right now. <laughs> no. yeah, Just I- like screening their guests to find out if they're actually competent yes. at these games yes. would be a good idea. I- and that's all I. Agree. I don't really need this to be like a, a super duper esports competitive whatever it is. I felt like this is more like watching like the game shows on Nickelodeon back in the day.
0: That's a good that's, comparison, I mean, yeah.
2: That's all I really want this to be, honestly, if you were to ask me. I just want this to be like a nice virtual obstacle course for the through different games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And everyone just have the good time.
0: But at the same time, you don't want to see someone struggling to climb over the first obstacle.
2: Like, not like that. Just get people who are confident enough to adapt to any sort of game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: At least finish. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally... I only one person could finish the minecart level when Donkey Kong country returns because
0: it's hard. It's so hard hard.
2: when I saw things like that, it's almost like, yeah, they did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. They knew what they were doing. These guys. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Yeah. I have no problem with the structure overall. I think the structure is really good, but yeah, there are, there are ways to trim it down overall. I think that's a, it's a good way to, to put it there. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for calling in, Uh, you know, great insights and good to hear your stories like, yeah, with NSA, that's, it's great that you got one, even if it was a long wait. I'm
2: glad that, yeah, it was a long wait. I will say though, it's definitely not as bad as some of the other people who have been waiting for a -A 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 limited release yesterday. And I definitely think this has more value than something like that, but uh. I'm posting here, so <laughs> let's just... Uh,
0: so what would you like to plug? Anything?
2: I was just... I was playing through different games on the NES Classic, and I wanted to like look up some information about them so I can get more of a feel for the time and place that they were made in. Mm-hmm. Since I'm going through these in order of their release. And I found this YouTuber named Jeremy Parrish.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's great.
2: Yeah, I had never heard of this guy before. Mm-hmm. And actually sad to see that some of his videos don't have that many views, which is a shame because every video I watch from this guy seems to be very well edited, very informative, and just ultimately I'd like to see him get a little bit more attention because these videos are great.
0: yeah definitely check out Jeremy a good writer uh, you know very thoughtful about games uh, and just yeah there are a lot of great gaming youtubers and yeah, too often doesn't get enough credit so thank you for bringing that to our attention because it definitely deserves the views
2: yeah while i'm talking about this type of youtuber i'm also very fond of the gaming historian for anyone who hasn't heard Mm -hmm. of
0: him yep yep absolutely good good recommendations we'll we'll put them in the show notes for people to go check out well jesse thanks so much for calling in go astros have a good night
2: yeah yeah go astros please
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for calling in. When we come back, we'll talk about the game releases for October 2017. We'll go through this month in games. That's when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's tempo control music is brought to you by The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash Asia. Let's get to this month in games for October 2017. Now, we're already at the 8th in the month, so there are some games that have already come out. So we'll talk about those, but also the games that are still to come in this. You know, we're, we're starting, you are know, already in via the, uh, the big fall glut of games. So let's get right to it. On October 3rd, we had Forza Motorsport 7 come out for Xbox One and PC. Now, microtransactions aside and they pass it all up there seems to be a very solid racing game. Uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, one of those that kind of competes with Project Cars too, and another game that we'll get to that comes out later this month. But another solid Forza installment for sure. October 5th, we had A Hat in Time finally come out and it seems really charming and cute. It's on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is the kind of Super Mario 64 feel sort of game with the, the young girl with the hat and different outfits and different power-ups go check out A Hat in Time. It's one of these Kickstarter games from at least a few years ago, but good to finally see it come to fruition. Glad to see A Hat in Time finally come out. On October 6th, we had Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, the very, very long title, which was Layton 7, which was Lady Layton, and now it's, you know, named this, Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. Uh, yeah, this is this is Catriel Layton, this is Professor Layton's daughter solving mysteries. There's a talking dog. She has an assistant. Uh, apparently, there are different micro mysteries over the chapters that kind of all tie in together to one big overarching mystery. But it's still all the Layton puzzles that you love, even though you know the the puzzle master passed away a couple of years ago. It's still the same sort of feel of a latent game so check that one out on nintendo 3ds and then also on 3ds on october 6th there was mario and luigi superstar saga and bowser's minions so the kind of remake slash port of superstar saga some people are saying it's a little easier but you also get the bowser's minion side story where you get the perspective of the different minions so you get like a, a koopa or a goomba and see what happens on that side of the story so that part is new Coming up here on October 10th, and just a couple days from when we're recording, Middle Earth Shadow of War finally lands. It's the biggest marketing campaign that Warner Brothers has for one of its games. It's on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The sequel to the, you know, some say it was the Game of the Year award-winning game for 2014, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of War seeming to improve on a lot of the things like the Nemesis system and helping with the scale of the game, but... Again, it's those microtransactions that have some people bothered. Uh, getting good reviews, though, you know, mid to high 80s on like Metacritic and Open Critic Seems to be a lot of those this year. That's kind of where, like, Metroid Samus Returns was, uh, you know, just last month. Uh, and, you know, we'll see when it comes to the end of the year. You know, you compare it to past years. I mean, 98 was just a, a classic year with, you know, big games, but it was like a handful of just these seminal titles. But this year, it's like, yeah, we'll have a few of those, And all of these really good games in just a bigger industry overall. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see to compare by by year's end. But yeah, Shadow of War looks like a a very good game. Especially if you played the first one. So check that out on October 10th. On October 13th, The Evil Within 2. Bethesda's horror uh, game gets a sequel there. That'll be on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Getting some spooks there. I'll be interested to read reviews on that one. Because... The first Evil Within, you know, some people really enjoyed it, but it kind of got middling reviews, but hopefully this one is better. Uh, October 17th is a big day for some games here. Gran Turismo Sport is going to add its, you know, kind of put its tire in uh, on the track there in the competition for, you know, best racing game of the year. That'll be on PS4. Uh, You got a limited demo out right now, kind of just to, you know, try that one. That's a big demo. That's like 43 gigabytes on PS4. Uh, hopefully, that's a good one. They've taken a lot of time and to not say it's a Gran Turismo 7. I wonder how that's going to kind of maybe backfire and how that'll affect the sales, but there will be Gran Turismo Sport on the 17th. On the 17th, you also have South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Uh, go check out how that title translates in different languages. Like, they've had to almost, like, change the what it's actually called in different languages so that the pun... Remains intact. I found that very interesting. But, uh, you know, South Park, you know, the Stick of Truth was a very good game. Uh, This seems to improve on that on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Probably the funniest game of last generation overall was the Stick of Truth. I I hope they can, you know, finally deliver uh, on this one because this is another one where it's been, been a while coming and good to see it finally, hopefully, stick to this date. And WWE 2K18 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. There was a mix-up this week, uh, and it, it may you know continue, but uh, there is also a version of this game, WWE 2K18 for Nintendo Switch. But there was some clarification on the game's Twitter where it's saying, no, we're sticking to fall 2017 for a Switch version, and oh, man. I mean, NBA 2K18 hit day and date on all the same platforms on Switch as well. But, I mean, I, I hope this one doesn't switch, uh, you know, switch rather. Hopefully it doesn't slide from this release date. Uh, but keep an eye out for that possibility because that may happen. October 20th, you have Fire Emblem Warriors on Nintendo Switch and th- new 3DS. Um, this is, yeah, the Musou game with Fire Emblem characters. I'm interested to see how well it sells. It seems to be kind of a niche game. You got to really be a kind of a fan of both of these kind of games. And even then, some people may not be a fan of the character lineup. But it's another good Switch game, you know, building out that first year library. Really impressive. October 24th, Just Dance 2018. Get a load of this. PlayStation 4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii U, Wii and PC. I've told stories in the past where, like, you would not believe working at a games retail store how much Just Dance games sold on Wii. It's crazy. The fact that there is a Wii game still being sold in 2017. I, I guess that's you know why the the Wii Shop is still going, right? If people want to, you get more DLC or what have you. Just Dance 2018. That series still going strong. I mean, that's you'd be amazed how much. That, that game series sells, honestly. October 27th is a monumental day, though. It's really the big day in October for game releases. Assassin's Creed Origins. That's going to be on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I'm really excited to see that. Like, they've had some more video features come out with that, and there's going to be things like you are going to be facing Anubis. You're going to be facing against gods. Like, what the heck is this? So uh, really interesting to see that. I do want to see how they're tying in the modern day story. That's like, that's always been one of the biggest hooks in Assassin's Creed for me. I mean, it's not just the exploration. It's not saying the, oh, well, this version is going to have the historical mode where you just get to explore ancient Egypt. Like that, that doesn't, you know, do a ton for me, but I, I like the interplay between modern day and history and, it's kind of suffered a bit for the past Assassin's Creed games, a little bit. There, There's still a thread there if you follow the series closely enough, but I wanna see what they're kind of, you know bringing the series back after a year hiatus or a couple of years rather, and, you know, just how are they in reintroducing this? I'm I'm excited for Assassin's Creed Origins for sure, getting really good uh, preview coverage as well. But Super Mario Odyssey is going to be a bombshell. Uh, that's going to, you know, I wonder if it's going to really compete with Breath of the Wild for like, you know, game of the year, if it's going to split some of the attention for Nintendo because between those two games, when was the last time Nintendo had, you know, such surefire hits, like such sure things land in the same calendar year? Like that's, that's crazy. Of course, that's on Nintendo Switch. Just to bring that game portable is going to be amazing. And then Wolfenstein Two, the new Colossus, yes, PS4, Xbox One, and PC does come to Nintendo Switch in 2018. Uh, but man, uh, that news story this week, where you know Bethesda has the marketing push, where you know, you know, like get Nazis out of America. I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing. No, no more Nazis or something like that. Imagine what your life must be like if you see that and you feel offended and you have to go on social media and be like, SJW, Ruh, virtue signal. Good on Bethesda. If you didn't see their PR response from Pete Hines, uh said exactly what they need to say. You know, like uh, we have no tolerance for this. It's kind of sad that we have to address this in 2017. Do you, Bethesda? You You are a historical classic game series all about Getting rid of Nazis. You do you with Wolfenstein. And then on October 31st, oh, thank you, as Jesse pointing out in the chat, it was make America Nazi free again. Perfect. That is a great slogan. Don't change. Here's the real scary thing though. October 31st, Bubsy, the Wooly Strike Back on PS4 and PC. Oh, Man, that's uh, that's that's one spooky game on Halloween there. That's, you kind of forget that game exists, right? So, a lot of games for October. Uh, we'll see what happens in November. I mean, November's gonna be dominated by, you know, Call of Duty, World War II, you know, Star Wars Battlefront Two. but great games in October. I cannot wait for the 27th. I know I'm getting Mario and Assassin's Creed. Mario comes first there. I'll be on a trip a couple days thereafter. Going to Las Vegas at the end of the month—that's going to be strange, you know. Just shortly after the the horrible, horrible events uh, that took place there. I mean, less than a month removed from that awful, awful mass shooting. Uh, you know, even just down the street, we'll be at the Mirage, and you know, that's just a short bit away from Mandalay Bay. Uh, but I'll have Mario Odyssey, and I'll be able to, you know, have it on the go, and maybe even plug, bring the dock, and plug into the TV at the hotel. That should be should be a good time. Good month of releases for games, so. I wonder what you're interested in. So yeah, if the games that I'm picking up, it's, it really is just Mario and Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, I wonder what games will pop up though. Uh, you're hearing word that, you know, uh, Jackbox Party Pack 4, they're saying coming soon. I would not be surprised to see a stealth release somewhere here in October. Uh, that would be a sure thing for me as well. That'd be a great community game that we could all play together. But otherwise, yeah, it, it's just mostly those two. I still got to get through Danganronpa. That's, that's just me. So that will do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and you can find us on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the ThePowerSwitch and you can email us with any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Now, it's a small but growing community, and in these earlier months of the show, as we continue to grow, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, if you want a YouTube video to watch, I want to more recommend a channel, because uh, the guy went on a, a few-month hiatus, and it's, he just came back to say he's going to start making videos again, and I just, I just binged on his videos, and it's good to have Grade A under A back uh, once again. If you're unfamiliar with Grade A under A, do check out his channel. You you got a a bit of an accent to get through, but it's very easy to understand. But uh, just a great kind of MS Paint sort of animation. So little characters and great humor. Check out Grade A under A there for sure oh uh, man any final thoughts yeah i want to do a, a spoiler cast for metroid samus returns but we'll get to that i'd like to you know try to get back to weekly uh shows here at this time if, if that works out for everyone but maybe we have to come up with another survey soon just to help get more people and of course i gotta do better you know advertising the show and getting it out there so that's on me though but thank you to those who are, who are calling in and participating it's it's good to get back into doing this and i, I really did miss it last week and hopefully i look a little better on camera this week than I would have last week. Anyway, stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops, and regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to joining us for our next episode. With that, I am Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.